not to be confused with the vulcanist who studies volcanoes. Hello and welcome. I'm Steve. And I'm not eating my tea like Steve is. And I don't even know what tea is. Tea, it's like supper? Yeah. Tea, Everything tea. is porridge yeah. in the UK. So dinner is what you have in the middle of the day, like school no, dinners lunch. and dinner ladies. Oh, yeah, yeah. And tea is what you have in the evening. Yeah. Not to be confused with afternoon tea that you have in the afternoon. Yeah. And not what about elevensies? That's, that's, oh, that's bang on. Uh, and this is Fools with Tools, a podcast for the valuable vulcanizer. Oh, we're going straight into it from there. Uh, (laughs) Steve is eating a full roast dinner. (laughs) It's not. It's pie and mash with with gravy and cabbage. Uh, At least we're professionals. Exactly. Savoy, Savoy or white. Don't eat. Don't do that fucking thing with you hovering the fork. Like we try to say a sentence. Just eat the fucker and let me and Brett talk. (laughs) (laughs) You're you're putting me on edge. I was just trying to get that in, and I was I was asking Brett what he'd been up to, so Hello. I could then carry on eating. So, uh, yeah, Brett, what have you been up to? I have been prepping for the welding class still. Uh, JD and Jody showed up yesterday, last evening, and most of the class is showing up today. They will be here through the weekend. I think there's, I think there's like 15 people. It's going to be a really, really busy weekend of just having a lot of people around but i may have come up with an idea for a build before i have to leave town again uh and it just so happened to work out that jd is probably going to be able to assist me with it which is nice i don't know how i'm going to put him in the video i just have the idea right now but it could be downright silly and i think it'll just be like a short and sweet uh goofy little nerdy video but that's it, mostly, and a lot of planning for, I think, what's remaining still slightly secretive. Ooh. Until next week. <laughs> is that what it is? Like, next week? <laughs> next week, all we leave. Yeah, all <laughs> yeah. will be revealed. I think it's being revealed on Sunday, which will be three days before this is put out. So, who knows? By yeah, the time you hear this, you will know more things. Yeah, just just for the listeners at home, it's Friday night, which is three nights after we recorded last on Tuesday. So the podcast only came out yesterday, and we're already recording again. So it's confusing. Yeah, and we have so much new stuff to talk about. Yeah, I've done loads in the day since the last podcast came out. I imagine um, so. <laughs> so, Al, why don't you spend half a pie's worth of time talking about that? In my time, that's nothing. I actually did win the uh, Elmwood Christmas mince pie eating competition. Um, so, a, pa- a measurement of pie time, pime, in your in your measly French measurements is nothing compared to our northern pie time. <laughs> northern pie time. Northern pie time. I want some sort of clock made of pies. It's um, three point two. So much shit then, but I had. I was muted, and beer had a mouthful of pie. <laughs> But yeah, carry on. So um, I am continuing the um, the quest to find fantastic talent at the universities because it's still um, the grad show season. Um, I went up to the Leeds College. It was Leeds Arts College last year, last week. Um, and this week I went up there and it was so-so. 
Um, the graphics, of course, was a bit disappointing, but the f- the uh, the fine art was spectacular. Um, there was some really cool shit with like thermal inks, and you could go up and like interact with it and touch it. I think that's really um, interesting when it comes to art. Instead of like this, you know, when I was growing up as a kid, art was this stuff in a gallery that you just stood and looked at and were very quiet and kind of didn't interact with. Um, until you realize that art can be this like expressive dialogue. Um, and yeah, there's some really interesting things, people using technology, people using chemicals and light and, and, and sensory things. Um, and that, that really excites me versus, you know, just someone who happens to be good at painting. So it was, it was really nice to see. You get some really good ideas as well, because people in that environment kind of aren't restrained by everyday life. And they kind of, they come up with some, some cool shit, but there was one designer who was really good. Uh, in the graphics course, and she turned out to be called Alice Halfpenny, and I just, I, I didn't, I couldn't, I couldn't fucking understand it. And I went up and I said, "Is this really your name?" She's like, "Yeah, why?" And she's like, "Because my name's Alex Halfpenny." And she just stood there and was like, "No, it's not." I was like, "Yes, it is." And I got out my fucking driving license, which doesn't help because the picture on my driving license, I'm completely shaven bald with no beard, and I look like some sort of like. um soviet war prisoner and, <laughs> and, and and she's like oh my god i've never met anyone called halfpenny so we had this whole like weird like giddy moment um but actually her work was really fantastic um to the point where like i would have hired her instantly and there would have been a very awkward like conversation at work like why have we got two people with the same name working in the office like is this nepotism it's like no I've, I've never met this person in my life um but she'd already got a job she'd already been snaffled up so it's weird it's kind of like it's kind of like the draft in nfl like when students come dropping out of university it's like everyone kind of like vultures comes in to try and snaffle them up while the while the talent is there um which kind of is a bit sickening and i don't like that whole kind of like meat market side of it um but i like just going up there and and being inspired and seeing what what young creative minds can do nice Mm. that sounds pretty good um so I've been up to seeing as you uh, as you asked. Uh, I'm not that bothered. <laughs> so you you've seen what I was up to. I I went out for a really nice day with Jazz, uh, <laughs> and that's why the podcast was late because we recorded Tuesday evening. I then spent the rest of Tuesday evening uh, sorting out stuff for the thing that we're not talking about. Yes, um, and then Wednesday I went out with Jazz instead of doing the podcast because. I did. Priorities. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, we had a really nice day out. Uh, it was quite nice because the place we went actually uses a load of the stuff that we make uh, in the workshop as well. So it's really nice getting to see some of that in the wild. Uh, and since then, uh, I've just been working in the workshop. Nothing really that exciting, um, other than the things that we can't talk about yet because. <laughs> uh, not released yet, although they were teaser alert. Oh, yeah, <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's that's about it. But one of the things that we were talking about um, uh, in the in the workshop uh, the other day is um, the fact that I've done a load of um, little tag things. Anybody that follows me on Instagram may have noticed that uh, I put out the other day a basically I was playing with some letter stamps and wrote "ass" in a bit of metal. Um, I did it because silly words are fun and uh, I have a friend that says arse a lot so I was like oh I'll just make him a little key ring and since then I've had a load of people asking me um, asking you asking me to make uh, 
sweary tags. So <laughs> I've made a load, but at the same time, I'm kind of reluctant to put them out because it's without trying to sound well, there's no way I can say it without sounding really cranky. Um but but basically I'm I'm very aware that putting something like that out for sale will have an effect on uh on my brand as it were on the stuff that I sell. Um and it's kind of a choice between well do I really want to uh to put stuff like that out there um and is that going to detract from the value of of my more serious work from the same um, brand that brought you sellotape mustaches and bacon restored vices exactly <laughs> Hemp uh, grid, you should go off piste <laughs> but that that's the thing is like it, it's it's thinking about that sort of stuff and thinking well actually if i start wanting to um to take this more seriously and, and sell stuff and be thought of as being a professional <laughs> do i want to keep doing stupid shit like that or do i want to you know be a bit more conscious about um about but what what what, what makes what make what is your apprehension in terms of what do you think makes it stupid it's still I mean, metal it's still forged it's still craft like, yeah yeah it's, I mean, not, it's, it, not a, it's not a lump of poo like you're still doing what you do because it happens <laughs> to have an adult theme to it it doesn't necessarily yeah. mean that it doesn't have value yeah i mean it spoiler alert i'm not actually that bothered about it it was just right. a segue into it um but yeah it, it's just kind of like does is that going to affect the the way in which my work is viewed? As in, yeah, if I then put out a load of tags that say "ass," <laughs> and then my next uh, project is is you know uh, a a fire set that I've spent six yeah. weeks building, absolutely. Does it does it take away from that because people are looking at going, ah, oh, well, he's not really that serious because he writes "ass" on bits of metal, um, and I think it's just it, it kind of opens up an interesting discussion about um about value and how that can be how perceived value can be changed depending on people's preconceptions of either you as a person or uh a brand. Absolutely. I mean that that's what I do for a living. <laughs> is <laughs> is is add value to to brands and and you, you know you see on a, a minutely basis that that brands values can change in an instant um if you mess up once if you're um the ceo of tesla and you happen to smoke a doob on a podcast um your shares will fall mm-hmm. by billions overnight um because of like you said something you do which um in hindsight is 100 percent on brand and it's absolutely what elon musk is about but at the time it was thought that that wasn't what somebody who runs a uh, an electric motor vehicle company should be doing. Um, pr- probably it's done in the world of good and it actually is reflected on exactly what he does. Um, and he will get us to Mars. But the fact that he, he did something that seemed to be off brand um, changed his value uh, to the wrong to the wrong audience. And that was kind of my question originally, Steve. Like, who 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 is the audience that you're bothered by? Who do you think that? Is is perceiving your value differently because you did a funny word? Like I know you've got a sense of humor. Yeah, you're not Mister Serious Clinical Vorsprung Dirk Technique. You're like that is what makes you Steve. That's what makes it Moonshine Metalworks. Yeah, like it's not called like 
serious precision metal works. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. your, your craft can still be good. Your, the quality can still be excellent. And, and you know, the care and attention can go into stuff. It doesn't mean you can't fun yeah. along the way. And I think that, that's one of the things. And, and that's one of the uh, kind of, um, it, it's one of the things that, that not bugs me. I guess it does bug me <laughs> about, um, about the world at large is the fact that, you know, people have this very set view of of how someone should be you know if they have this set view of oh if someone's an artist then you know they they drink their coffee black they smoke roll-ups and uh live in a dirty flat and are miserable all the time because that's how they have to be to produce art um you know if someone's a machinist then they have to be super serious and you know that's all they care about that's all they think about they can't have um nice things nice things and they can't <laughs> they can't have photos of themselves in provocative poses banded mm. around on internet groups mm. uh, <laughs> <laughs> i was waiting for you to get that one uh, i love that picture we got there <laughs> um but yeah like and and it's this weird kind of uh the way that people attribute value to to those traits and it's like if well if you're if you're mucking around and you're having fun then you know you're not taking this seriously enough therefore uh you're not putting everything into it whereas especially with um we, when it comes to making stuff i tend to find that people that are open to having a bit more fun uh tend to produce more interesting things um that's not necessarily that you know if if you're very serious about a craft that you're not going to produce something that's good or if you're you know that and, and at the same time it's not saying if someone's fun they're going to make something great because <laughs> they they might not they might be too interested in joking around but yeah. it, it it's kind of i don't know it's a funny one trying to find that that balance between the two agreed <laughs> good input brett thanks this is a it's a tough discussion though because uh, having worked for the brands in the past that I have, it, the battle is serious, but I think it's it's very separate from being an, an independent maker or, or running your own brand where you are the sole proprietor of the things that you do versus working for a corporate company or something that has stock options attached to it mm-hmm. or something that's perceived as having market value as a company versus individual um that that really fine line where you want to be fun so that if your if your audience is meant to be young folks that uh I'm using my old company as an example but young folks that were pr- producing media for mostly internet or short film or smaller film budget stuff uh we put out ads all the time on our website or we'd, we'd post them on our YouTube channel and half the time it was my brother and half the time it was me and we share very similar personalities and they would let us do the goofiest shit (laughs) because they, they wanted us to kind of capture our young fun audience. But nine times out of 10, it would get up the line. Like our marketing department was in control of that. And then a week later, the sea level people would watch it and go, you know, I didn't really get it or, or, you know, (laughs) Hey, maybe next time we kind of tone it down a little bit because even internally within the company, 
there was a battle, right? They wanted the marketing team to be in charge of marketing because that's what we did. And we knew our audience and we knew what they wanted to see. And then the yeah. C levels are like, well, we want to be able to be taken seriously. And when we put this in front of larger clientele or people that we are going to have meetings with like Adobe, we don't want Adobe to think that we're just a bunch of idiots yeah, or, or that they hired a bunch of like goofballs <laughs> because then they won't be perceived as being, you know, professional C level people that they are. It's like, yeah. you guys all wear white collars and slacks and who's the, you know, 25 year old kid that's green screening himself uh, against the like science fiction background and talking about after effects stuff. We don't get it. Like, eh, yeah. Crap. But when it comes to yourself, when, when you are just doing this work for yourself and your audience, you, people will buy your stuff, hopefully because it's made by you. You're attached to that. Your personality is to, attached to it. Um, if you're trying to go and sell $10,000 pattern, weld knives, there is a certain perception that comes along with that of being a badass or, or very, very, uh, driven in the metallurgy of it all, or having some, some approach that's different than everybody else. You're not necessarily trying to change the wheel. You're just, you accept that, you can create quality pieces and you hope that they could go for sale or people are interested in them and asking you to create things at the end of the day, you don't have to answer to anybody other yeah. than like you've said, people's per perception or perceived value of what you do. If you put four letters on a chunk of steel, they may go, Oh, well that was simple, but it's not the price. It's not the money that is the value. It's the silliness and the fact that you made it. That's what people are paying for. They don't give a yeah. shit if it's $10 or $50. Yeah. I mean, I think just, just before you go on, Steve, I just, I just want to point out that when, when Brett's talking about sea level, it's not pirate terminology. He's talking <laughs> about like CEO. <laughs> Yar. <laughs> the corporate suite. Um, uh, fuck that. Really, that was really awkward. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, yeah. So, um, I think it's really, uh, interesting that you said about the, um, the, like the selling pattern welded knives and things like that. And the fact that it's, it's that kind of perceived image. Cause one of the things um, I remember uh, saying when we first started out is with selling stuff, a lot of the time, the marketing is more important than the product itself. And it's more important than, than the person behind that product because, um, and, and even if you are doing it as, as an individual, then you're still selling yourself as a brand um, it's like the the forge stuff, like Alex Pole Ironwork. It's one guy, but it's also a brand, um, and and it's like the, the some of the the guys that are selling the the pattern welded um, knives and things like that. Um, you, you said about the like them being really into their metallurgy, but then I've met a couple who I had this perceived idea that you know they 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 must really know what they're doing. And then found out that they actually buy all their stuff in from like a company like Ground Flat Stock or something like that, where you know they're, they're buying in pre-done billets and they're just basically cutting them out and grinding them to shape, sort of thing. Um, but because their marketing is there and and they've got that kind of image built up around them, um, it's they're kind of selling themselves like that. So for for say a small time um, business, so say say one of our listeners 
uh they've started making stuff um for a bit of fun in their shed and actually they're kind of like well all right i want to start selling a bit of it um like if if you're just going along to a craft fair um i'm just going to give an example whilst it's in my head and then i kind of want to hear your guys's um ideas on it but so say say someone's uh they've they've made a load of stuff and they're like right i'm gonna go along to a craft fair um one of the things that uh that i i notice a lot um is when you go to craft fairs there's the people that that lay their stuff out um really nicely you know they've they've made a couple of of stands for things to go on you know everything's got a place and everything's got an individual price tag or whatever but it's it's all laid out in a kind of professional manner and like if there's multiples of something then there's multiples out uh on show rather than having wow and 10 more in stock under the table um and then there's people that seem like they just turn up and they just throw everything on a trestle table with a uh, tablecloth on it um and even selling the exact same product you can charge more for or you, you, the the value uh, there's greater value given to the product that's displayed nicely hmm. um just because it it looks more professional it looks like someone's put some more care and attention into it um and, so, the, so the value there is in the experience isn't it like it yeah it's like anything like oh the the atmosphere in the restaurant like the food could be exactly the same but yeah you're not just eating the food if you just wanted food shoveled into your mouth you could just stand a trough and just have like f- food fed to you, you know, but that's not the experience. That's not where the value is. Yeah. Um, the value is in how nice the service is, how good the lighting is, what the m- music was like, you know, is the cutlery good? Like yeah. they all cost things and they all have an inherent, you know, breakdown in the price of what you're doing, but they add immense value yeah. to essentially it's just like, the product. Yeah. It's like the difference between going to Disneyland or going to Alton Towers. Like, with Disneyland, you've got all the the uh, the added extras, the accoutrements sort of thing. Like, yeah. rather than it just being, oh, there's a a you can go on a, you can go on a log flume at both of them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, does this person with the the more expensive setup, or maybe not more expensive, but the the more valuable? How should I put this? I'm trying to set up for a joke, and now I'm just taking too long. <laughs> Basically, does the person limit your time at their table uh, to five minutes when you're purchasing? That uh, is an old callback that maybe a couple of people will remember uh, from another I podcast. I get it. Chortle. Um, Chortle. <laughs> it was a really, it was a really fallen joke. But honestly, <laughs> I'm I'm interested in the in the personality. I don't think that podcast is still going, is it? No, I don't know. Um, I'm interested in the person behind that because there is something a bit uh, clinical. I think, Al, you might have used that word. Or or just, um, like, you come in, my stuff is on display. Are you buying or not? There, there may not be a personal interaction or maybe the personality of the seller isn't, part of the exchange whereas maybe the person that's thrown their yeah. stuff just on the trestle table it's like oh i just want to chat with people if you end up buying something great but i'm i'm really here just to be a part of everything and hopefully i sell a couple of things 
I've I've walked into plenty of situations where the person I, I feel like I am only allowed to browse, no touching. And then if I go to reach for something, like the person's initial outburst is that's this much. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. Like, <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I, mean, I was just looking. Isn't that what you're doing here? <laughs> Versus uh, when we're talking about this value, I and I know we're going to segue into this, so we can talk about it a little bit later. But I I don't really care about the pricing. But if I feel like I can't make a connection with that person's work or understand why their personality is in their work, then it has no value to me, uh, price wise. Yeah, and you know what I'm saying? It's, it's yeah, absolutely, and, and it's it's that connection that is where the value lies, and it doesn't doesn't necessarily have to be the person. So it's not like it's not always the case of I'm buying into Steve, not the metal. It can it can just be any sort of storytelling. Like it's the human condition; we're suckers for storytelling. So if you if you have anything behind a, an inanimate fucking object that <laughs> you that will tug at your heart heartstrings in any way, whether it's um, you know, nostalgic, or it's appealing to your inner engineer, or you like something because of the material it's made of, it's tactile. You know, you're a, you're a touchy feely person. Anything that can that can that, that can tug on those strings is going to add value to something that essentially is just things that were once in a star reshaped yeah. into other things for your yeah. amusement. Like you know, if if we were all completely soulless and all com- just aliens looking at these arrangements of atoms, would be going, well, that's worth exactly that. Based on you know, it's the value of gold. That's how much right. gold there is. Chemical That's makeup. Yeah. yeah, it it's only when a story starts to be told about something that people start to get interested and start to, to start to want to pay more. Oh, I'll pay more than what it's worth. Of course, I will. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, if you're just paying for the the, the man hours and the materials, like you're not going to get anywhere. And that does happen at some point. You know, you get to like milk <laughs> and commodities where you, there's no real kind of emotional attachment, but then suddenly there's the nice milk with the gold top. And the bottle's are slightly bit different. And suddenly you're happy to pay twice as much because it reminds you of your childhood when milk used to be delivered to the door. And suddenly you're like, oh yeah, I remember when milk had cream on the top. Cause that's, you know, and it's like fucking, that's how JJ Abrams makes a living. But yeah. like the, it, it needs a story and it doesn't yeah. always have to be a human story, but it needs that, that, that little bit of romance to make you to give it value yeah and i'm gonna uh i'm gonna avoid the temptation to go into dairy farmer mode and start explaining all the differences between the different types of milk uh but <laughs> why not al, al always talks about food and cooking exactly um but yeah the thing is i don't think that there's tell us about milk steve Get yeah milk 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 milk, milk. <sighs> uh like one of the, one of the things that like with um with what Brett was saying about uh the the wanting to buy into the story and you know the the fact that if if something is displayed nicely is that person going to be uh kind of basically a dick um I I kind of get that, that 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 could also be the story but, some people have made well, a living yeah, yeah. of deliberately being a shit salesman or being an arsehole yeah. or saying I don't want to fucking speak to you buy it or leave that is yeah. that can also be the appeal some people fucking but, yeah. Yeah, but the thing is, is like I, I, I get where you're coming from, but at the same time, I kind of disagree because if if I walk into a stall or if I walk into a, a, a craft show and there's two stalls, one of them has got just their stuff just chucked on a trestle table, yeah, and again, it depends on how the person is behind the the the, st- the stand because yeah, if they're both if, if if they go up and there's two stalls and 
one's got everything displayed really nicely and one's got everything just chucked on the table. But the one with the nicely displayed stuff is sat six foot away on their phone, not looking up, then I'm probably not going to go look at their stuff. And if the one that's at the one where it's all just thrown out um, is is stood there, they're actively engaging with people, then, then yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be more inclined to engage with that person. But if both people are there and they're both actively trying to engage with um, with the people that, that are, are trying to set or that are, that are looking to buy, then my first impression is going to draw me straight to the one that's a bit nicer laid out. Um, you see, I, I, I will write back at you and I will wholeheartedly disagree. Like at no point did I say it was the nicer organized one that was telling a better story. Oh yeah, I yeah, would, yeah. I would say ninety percent of our audience would much prefer rooting through a bucket to find that one rusty wrench that you know that that got forgotten about and just needs a bit of love and attention. That's way more of an appeal and way more of a romantic story because it's less effort's been put in. Yeah, but that's, that, that's tugging that, my heartstrings way more than the nice display. That yeah, but I that's kind of. I, I think that's kind of comparing apples and oranges because you're talking about uh, one's you know, green, going, the other's an orange. <laughs> you're you're talking about going to like a flea market an apple where one. someone's selling a load of of rusty old tools. I'm I'm talking about someone that's made a load. You're of a rusty old there. tool. Fuck's sake! <laughs> uh, someone that's you've had like a quarter of a glass of whiskey. <laughs> do you know what I've had before that? <laughs> <laughs> I do know what you had before that. Um, Ooh. uh but yeah and like i'm talking about someone going along selling a load of products that they've made and like i said i i wholeheartedly think that one of the most important things that a lot of people miss is if you make multiples of the same product put them all out on display because people fucking love rooting through it and finding that one special like we get it with the nails all the time if we only put one nail out and replace it every time someone brought one we barely sell any nails, but the fact that people can root through and they can pick out that that one special nail that's exactly what they wanted that makes a huge difference. That's and that's part of the experience. It's it's getting to kind of root through and, and find those things. So I think there's ways of uh, of of allowing people to have that experience, um, but still making a good first impression. And I think um, especially if you're if you're at a, a market or something where people don't necessarily know you or your brand or whatever, I think that's a really um, valuable thing to have. I love that example though, Steve, because I think for a lot of woodworkers, uh, like handmade woodworking products, uh, Tracy and Katrina are a really good example of that. The bastion yeah. head that uh, taught at the classes, they make beautiful bowls. And every single one has its own unique characteristics because yeah. that's how they have to actually create it. You know, they they uh, created this uh, line of thinking of obeying the grain, right? The, that was the tagline for the classes, obey the grain. That is, that's actually what they do. So every single piece of wood that they carve into something has its own story or has yeah. basically told them how it wants to get made. Oh, you want to make me a bowl? Well, you got to <laughs> do it this way because I'll crack yeah. if you do it that way. And I love the example that you use because when it comes to buying a bowl, like a hand carved bowl, I've seen 15 different bowls that they've brought to show people different examples of things. And every single one has this very unique approach to 
the shapes of it and how tall are the walls versus yeah. how long is it? How wide is it? Well, that's, that's how that wood wanted to go into that shape. They just, they read the grain the whole time. And not that every single passerby is going to know that, but rooting through to find something that's a little bit more unique is what separates us from going to places like Ikea and buying the same thing that thousands of other people have. Right. When you get into that, um, that one of a kind nature or, or that perceived value of like no one else in the world has this thing. I, not this one, not this exact one that I bought the idea that you can walk up and see 15 different bowls. You know, you want a wooden bowl. You're going to find the one that speaks to you the most. Yeah. And at that point it's the choose your own adventure thing, but of buying where you go, I, there's one, there's one that's going to be here for me and no one else will be able to explain why that one speaks to you versus the other one. Yeah. But that gives somebody their own, their own interaction and their own adventure of like rooting through to find the old screwdriver turns into like, I went through 15 bowls. And (laughs) when I turned this one over, there was a a knot hole that looked like a dog and I like dogs. And and that's the thing is it, it adds that, 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 value that you can't you can't reproduce you can't fake that that has that's something that someone has to uh they have to to get there on their own and it's not something you can force and yeah especially if there's a story that goes with it then that just makes it so much better like if if tracy's selling a bowl and he's you know someone starts talking to him and he says oh yeah well this one it was turned out of a piece of wood that i found when i was doing a thing and then i found it there and then i turned this and it split so i ended up turning it into this thing yeah, and and you you have a whole story with it that that adds incredible amounts of value to it, um, and that's less about him selling it to you and you finding it or yeah. you buying it. Like th- that's that's the dialogue that could be have. Oh, I bought or I got a bowl versus he sold me a bowl. Yeah, you you getting a bowl is is the adventure and the fun bit. And yeah, I, I love this idea of um, the value in a, a handmade object is the other handmade objects. So one bowl on its own isn't valuable because you don't understand the nuances and you don't understand the uniqueness of it. One nail yeah. on its own isn't valuable. It's yeah. only when it's you, you realize that it's it's unique because it's not like the other ones. Yeah. So fifty iPhones all laid out on a table doesn't make one more iPhone look look nicer. You no. just you just suddenly realize that they're mass produced and you're being tricked. Whereas the the very nuances in wood you only bring to life it only becomes interesting when you see the, the other bowl that doesn't have that knot yeah it doesn't have that same grain you're like oh fucking hell and I, I i love this idea that you both hit on where it suddenly becomes like a personalized thing yeah and it's not it's not customized i've not had it like engraved with my name it's just i get to pick that one because i think that looks like a koala bear or i get to pick that one because i like the the, the way that the the the, the, the grain in the rot is like yeah. fucking you know twisting around and stuff um so the the value so then, okay, flipping it round, the value is actually put on it by the consumer. Yeah, so yeah, the, definitely. The, the person buying it is is making it more expensive as they look at it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, I love that. And that that's the thing; it, it's genuinely true, and it's something that I'd see, especially at the markets, you see all the time. People will look at something and they go, they, like the the round bottle opener, for example, that we do, mm-hmm. and it's they're they're really nice, they're really fun, but the amount of people that kind of look at them and kind of not actually turn their nose up, but kind of go like, it's quite a lot of money for a bottle opener. <laughs> but then they start rooting through it. And then and then they're like, oh, I wonder if there's one that's got 
this little thing on it, but with a clip that looks like that. And and they go through and they go through and then they find that one that they they really want. Yeah. And it's all of a sudden it's gone from being oh, that's quite a lot for a bottle opener to oh, I know I must have this one. This is my <laughs> one. And and I love seeing that like that that journey that people go on. I think that feeds into what we were talking about a little in the pre-show where there's the idea of value in a product and uh, selling your products or when we're trying to create things that hopefully would go to a good home. But emotionally, what that does for the person when when you say that that object becomes more valuable or more expensive, emotionally, you just developed an attachment with yeah. an inanimate effing object (laughs) um but similar to what we do with the classes and the experiences that we have that we go out of our way to spend money on like maker central none of us none of us went for free or none of us would were paid to go but the value that we gain from spending the money on what is effectively an object is emotionally valuable and you know, think of where Fool Fly came from. That was totally random and totally beautiful how that all worked out. And here we are, here we are a year later, Jess makes a video that admittedly I like, if I could cry, I probably would have cried at that video because it was beautiful. Yeah. Not only to see, I know, I know there was some stuff that I made in there, but that video was beautiful and Ellen was there being part of it, having all of us just met a year ago, and then we get another Ellen video out of it, but everybody's got a little piece of something on that display. The, the value that came out of Maker Central is getting a video like that a year later. Yeah, and and that, that's the thing. It's, it's funny, you because as you were starting to go into that, just before you said full fly, I, uh, I realized that I've got the the little Serenity key ring that, uh, that Red gave us. And that thing, <laughs> I love the fact that everybody's getting theirs out. Uh, yeah, the one, yes. Yeah, for the visual listeners, we are all holding <laughs> our, our keychains up that have our full fly. And Ula, Ula? Yeah. Ula, Ula's chain is, yeah, attached yeah. to everybody's stuff. But, but that's the thing, it's like this one, the, 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 the little Serenity, like I can't remember exactly what, uh, what Red said they cost, but yeah, it, it was a couple of quid each sort of thing but they have so much more value on them now because we've put that value on there. Because I've had to repair it 57 times. <laughs> the chain, they never make the chains nice enough. I'm so sick of this shit. But, uh, but that, that, you know, that, that's why something has value. And that's why, um, like, going back to bottlenecks, for example, like, I know we've said it so many times before, but I've, I've had friends that have turned around and said, well, why would I pay you 20 quid for a bottle opener when I could go to Tesco's and buy one for 50p? And it's because it's it's handmade. It's because you put that value on it. And I think one of the things that people have a tendency to do, especially with the whole imposter syndrome thing, is they undervalue their own work. Um, like I, I am guilty of it all the time. And I'm constantly having other people saying, no, you should be charging more for that. Um, and I think if, you know, if anybody out there is looking at starting to sell stuff or even if they already are selling stuff, just take a moment look at what other people that are making the same sort of stuff are selling it for. And then consider that if yours is a lot less than that, then maybe you're undervaluing yourself because that's very, very easy to do. And we, we all do it. We, we all forget that actually 
you know, we've put time into it. We've put effort into it. You know, our, our story matters. Like we should be able to, uh, we should be able to charge a fair amount for something, even if it is, um, you know, just a bottle opener. It's not the, the function of the thing. It's the value that it has and the value that someone else is willing to put onto it. So sort of back to Brett's point and the ultimate question of value for me, um, the universe and everything. It, it's not just monetary. Um, yeah. So, like, it, I've helped a few people out with their logos, for instance. Um, and most of them, very humbly, said, "What? What do you charge? What you know? What do I owe you?" And I can't put a value on that. I can't put a monetary value on a logo I do for somebody because if I did, it would be. Five grand, ten grand. You know, I've I've done logos yeah. for one hundred and twenty grand for, for a company. You know that this is how much branding costs. You know that, yeah. that's why I do. I'm not I'm not illustrating you a logo. You can get anyone to do that on Fiverr if you want someone to illustrate your logo. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I'm not doing that. I'm brand. I'm helping people brand them, and I'm trying to understand what they do and what back full circle to what we're talking about. Trying to unlock what somebody's story is and where yeah. where their own value is. Um. So mm-hmm. I can't. I absolutely cannot charge someone because that's the, 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 it's a completely different ballpark of what they're thinking. Yeah. Um, but that's not where that's not where I see the value. I see the value in my friends having something that they're proud of. Yeah. And it's not like in a martyr way, like oh, I just give away my art for free. You know, like, <laughs> absolutely not. Like I'd love to get paid, um, but that's not that's not why I'm doing it. Yeah. Um, you know, I have a roof over my head. I have food on the table. Um, that's 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 not why I get out of bed in the morning. So value for me is um, actually ultimately it's like getting people to understand. Yeah. So if if you if if I can if I can get someone to you know I'd rather they did it themselves is the ultimate goal. Like uh, like the, the 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 aim for for me in any capacity is to get people to do things themselves. Like I don't wa- I don't want to help people. Yeah. Um, I find that kind of condescending and patronizing. I'd much rather get get some get that penny to drop with someone and yeah. then go, oh, you know, I think that was one of the one of my favorite things about the the blacksmithing class at Jimmy's was not helping people to blacksmith, like hit it like that, do it like this. You know, I, that's not how to teach. My favorite thing was when people realized and then people got it and people understood yeah. what you were talking about and then just went and did it themselves. Yeah, you know, and and it's like, oh, that 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 for me is the is the real value is is yeah. you know, teach them how to fish, whatever. <laughs> yeah, because uh, there was there's an example of um, when I was at the festival uh, the other week, and uh, we we'd finished doing the demos for the day, so we shut the forges down, and someone came up and they they were like, oh, I've just missed, you know, and they and basically she was saying, I'd really like to to have a go. What do you do on the uh, classes and I went through what we normally do on the beginners classes and all this and she said oh you guys are going to be doing have a go sessions tomorrow as well I said, oh yeah yeah we'll be doing it tomorrow as well and um and basically she wanted to to make something but we were only doing nails and I kind of had to say I'm really sorry but we're only, we're only doing the nails here um but we've got the courses where we can do uh, more stuff and and kind of went into that um but I just got chatting to her more and more uh, we were talking about uh, what she actually wanted to do, and she wanted to make a little pendant. Um, and she was just, she started describing it, and it's basically one of the little um, doohickeys that I make uh, between 
nail making sessions. It's, it's like when you know when we're just no one's waiting to to have a go, so we're just playing on the forge. I quite often forge out these little things, and um, and she's she she was describing it, and I was like, oh, so you want to make something like this? And pulled out one that was attached onto my bag, and uh, and she's like, oh yes, that's exactly what I want to make. And uh, I was like, well, we we don't have the stock, we don't have the ability to be able to do it here, and um, you know, you can come along to one of the have a go sessions tomorrow and we, we can make a nail, but if you really want to do this, then, you know, there's, there's our options. And basically her other half was talking about doing a private class anyway. And, um, and he wanted to come along to make an ax. And, uh, and she was like, I, I don't have any interest in making an ax, but I would love a few of these. And I kind of said, well, actually, if, if he's on about doing a private class with him and three of his mates, then you just come along on it as well. And, rather than you learning to do an axe, then which I'll just spend a bit of time with you and we'll go through doing these sorts of things and doing um, like drawing out tapers and, and turning it around and, and doing all this. Um, and she was super excited. And you know, that, that to her had way more value than, than doing the axe thing. But then I was like, right, I'll tell you what, even if you don't go, there you go. And took the little doohickey off my bag and, and gave it to her. And, she was like, "Oh, I can't just take it off. Like, let me let me give you some money. Let me give you some money." I was like, "There's that has absolutely no value to me. That was something that I made at one of the festivals in the last twelve months. Like, I've got loads of them, but to her, that had a huge amount of value to it. Um, and the best part of it for me wasn't the fact, like, it, if she'd given me some money, I, I wouldn't have cared. The valuable part was seeing her expression, seeing her, that recognition, and seeing the excitement." on the prospect that actually if she, if they do do this class, <laughs> you're going to say that, uh, you know, she's going to be able to make that herself. And and it was kind of like, a, I'll tell you what, keep this as a promise. And, you know, if you do come along to one of our classes, that's the, the value of this is the fact that I, I guarantee you, I will teach you to make your own one of these um, when you're at the forge. And it, it was, it, it's not anything about the exchange of money. It's just the fact that it's, it's someone else wanting to do that little thing that, you know, I making those little things, I don't hold much value to it because for me, it's, it's literally just practice. It's practice of tapers. It's practice of, of scrolling. But to her, that was the exact thing she wanted. Um, so it's, it, it's got more value and it, it's say so the, the thing for me is being able to, to show her that and, and to get her doing that herself. So that's, that's turned the tide for me then that story. So, up until this point, like the, the the idea of value was sounding like um, it was sounding like a salesman. It was sounding like how can we how can we not manipulate, but how can we tug on the heartstrings of someone to get them to to understand that this is worth more than just its base components. So yeah. whether it's romantic, uh, nostalgic, uh, intriguing, you know, whatever whatever the story is that, that's got you to that point, but that story there has just replaced the word value with the word potential for me. And it's not about the value in things. It's the potential in things. So that for me is more valuable. If you know what I mean, it's not, it's not, it's not the worth that matters. It's, it's, it's the potential in there. So it's the, um, you, 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 you sowed the seed with the little doohickey. Um, but that was then with, with the intention of, that person can then come back and understand and want to know more, you know, yeah. and, and repeat purchase if you want, you know, it's like <laughs> then, then, because then, then they, them, themselves will understand the value in it. 
yeah. as opposed to just a one-off like you know you're on holiday and you buy a souvenir you know it's yeah. cheap you know it's crap um when you get home you'll probably never see it again you don't even like it but you're it was in the moment and you're on holiday so yeah. there's zero value in like tourist fucking um what are they called little objects crap tourist yeah. crap tap. trinkets trinkets yeah. shit yeah whereas because <laughs> the potential in something that there that the person again the person can then bring their own value to it that's what really yeah. excites me because because that's the thing is it wasn't about um like giving it to her it wasn't because i was thinking oh if, if i offer this to her she's going to give me money they the 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 value is definitely not the money in that situation. Yeah. The value is the fact that it's someone else being excited about <laughs> the the craft and the the possibilities and 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 everything else. That's that's where the value came from for me. Well, I love this idea that using the term potential could explain a lot about my my own personal approach to doing what I do or what I would like to do with the rest of my life, which is just whether it's trying to add value as we've been saying to to something like the youtube space by just putting goofy videos together that feel a little bit more unique to me or the voice that i want to put out to the internet but in terms of the products it i i don't ever really want it to be you know i made the hatchet in the last video and it's like oh how much would one of those costs uh, i don't know Hmm. Would you use it a lot? Would you pass it down to, you know, one of your offspring? How long would it exist? Well, if you take care of it, it could be with you the rest of your life. If you learn how to handle it from one of my videos, then the value I gain from that of you got an axe for me or a hatchet for me. You also, if you break it, you could go to me to watch the video of how I did a handle, which isn't necessarily better or worse than anybody else. Like we've talked about earlier, it's the same table as everybody else. There's a thousand people out there telling you how to handle axes. There's a million videos. and um, But the the value that it gives to me comes from the potential. I, I love this, Al. This is really, really good. Because I, if I'm going to create a product, I... I don't give a shit about its lifetime in the next six months. Hmm. I want to, I want to put so much time and effort into my own work that if it goes to somebody else, it's, I want to see the potential. I want to see the potential in the object or the potential in the interaction, being able to assist in a few classes and then do like, you know, the, the teaching in Cleveland, which is absolutely fantastic. And just like some of the connections that I made and, and the way that people just started thinking or the way that, you let people loose and they, they, they learned the thing that you were trying to tell them and I don't even have to pay attention to them. And then suddenly they walk up to me 20 minutes later with a finished piece. There was potential in that interaction and not the object. There's no value. I don't see the value of what they paid ticket price wise. Cause it obviously didn't come back to me, but that wasn't why I was there. It was there to try and spread the craft and then, potentially have more people getting into it in the future. If I get to be a stepping stone for whatever their next thing is, or an object that I make goes into somebody's hands that sends them into a further thing down the line or stays with them for a hundred years after I'm gone, it doesn't matter if I sell an ax for a hundred dollars or $600. If that thing still exists 200 years from now, then no monetary value could be put on that. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a terrible reference, but it, it's just, I can't get the scene out of Joe Dirt in my head where he comes across that fucking bright orange Hemi 
and the woman it's for sale and the woman just basically says just give me what's in your pockets because she knows that joe dirt's gonna love that car and he knows about that car and it means the world to him and he's gonna do great things with that car and the potential of her giving it to that than just selling it for what it's worth and it just like it 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 resonated with it's a you know it's a terrible film and a stupid film and a goofy film but that scene always stuck with me because she saw the value in it and it wasn't cash yeah and I think that's really important. And I think we see that a lot with tools. I think, um, you know, like Andrew's talked about it a lot on, on Fitzall. It's about like going and see the, the curmudgeoned old guy who won't sell anything to anyone yeah. or wants to charge, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars for things, but you'll give, or, or Chris Cash has told us about it. Like gives, it'll just give you something because yeah. he knows that you'll give a fuck about it or he knows that you'll give it to the right person or that yeah. it, it's, its story will continue instead of sitting in some like, um, museum, you know, as an artifact. Yeah. The fact that something can have life, something can have stories. Um, Brett, you talked about like you know a leather bag, you know, so that that bright. I I have a newfound respect then for that for that crisp, smooth, shiny leather bag because it has potential. It has potential yeah. to become a crusty old folded crease leather bag down the line. And I and I had that. I know now looking back, I had that feeling when I got my when I got the Road Slayer. It was like a, a, a new-to-me car because I knew at some point it would be a beat-up old fucking car. And that's, <laughs> when, and that's when I'd be in love with it. And yeah. that's when I'd have done 200,000 miles like my last car. Um, and because it had the potential in it, hopefully, and it won't, it won't yeah. die. Um, but, yeah, I love, I love swapping those words over. Yeah. No, I, yeah. I, think, yeah. I think that's a, a, a really kind of – it's a really good sentiment, and I really like that idea of of of, an, of a, a thing, a person, uh, an object's and potential being a huge part of its value. I think that's something that people, again, people, it's very easy for, for people to forget. Um, I will, however, I just want to quickly go back to to kind of how we started it, and I know, like, we don't tend to do uh, like that kind of preachy um in fact we do do preachy uh, <laughs> uh but like that that serious kind of like talking about money and and stuff like that but i just want kind of like there's a couple of things i hope people take away from this and and the the two things that i really hope is that that value doesn't have to be to mean money like that's yeah. that's not what a value what what value is um but also that if you've made something, if if you put effort into making something, then, then that thing does have value, and you should remember that. And if you're trying to to if you are trying to sell that thing for for money, then you should you should give it the respect it deserves. You should you should go that extra mile when you're trying to sell it, and you should you should ask people to pay for it what it's actually worth because you made it and you are spiffing. So, uh, I'm going to go first this week, and the I, the person I'm spiffing um, added some real value to my day today. Uh, today? Oh, yes, thanks. Oh, you're welcome, Steve. It's definitely not you two. Um, no, uh, Cliff from Charlie Delta 29. Um, he managed to catch uh, what, for me, was one of the best uh, moments of 
uh, Maker Central. Um, I think I talked about it on last week's. Yeah. Wait, the week before last's uh, episode, um, where basically I, I was uh, working with that little girl and, and teaching her how to smith. Um, and yeah, he got that on camera, put it up, um, managed to, uh, because he tagged me in it, I then tagged um, the person whose daughter it was and they got the photo out of it. Um, and again, it's one of those things that has almost no monetary value to it, but to to myself and to the father, it was hugely valuable um, because it was a really nice thing. Um, and that, to me, that's that's what makes going to shows and festivals worthwhile because, yes, you know, we, we charge for the the have a go sessions and we make enough money to basically to cover our costs uh but the real value is in moments like that um and getting to see that kind of that little spark of awesome kicking off in inside of uh someone's head so yeah, yeah. so and also glyph's just a, genuinely a really fucking nice guy <laughs> uh like i think i think I met him last year as he well. Did. Yeah, he was around. Um, he was very quiet. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but this year I got to spend a little bit more time with him and just such a, a great guy. Um, and yeah, he's uh, someone that I'm I'm really hoping that we get to see a bit more of. But um, but yeah, so Cliff, you're fucking great, man. Love you. Uh, Sab, uh, so Al, you're next. Uh, yes, I talking about adding value to things. Um, I don't think I could sleep at night. Well, I don't anyway. Um, but I don't, think, I don't think I could not sleep at night um, if I didn't call out uh, Tom Peterson for basically hey, just good turning shot. anything into something with value. And I don't mean again like what we talked about. I don't mean monetary value. I mean yeah. bringing smiles and joy and intrigue and interest and mystery from just absolute trash um, yeah. and turning it into things that have more value than you could buy. So thank you, Tom, for being in the world um, and for, yeah, brightening my day with your ability to add value to things. Good shout. Good shout. What is, uh, sorry, yeah, just in case anyone doesn't know who Tom Peterson is, um, his channel is Refuse Reuse uh, on both Instagram and the YouTubes. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's probably a, a good thing. I didn't even think about the fact that people might not know him. Um, yeah, well, we've also... talked about him before. I think we've spiffed him before. Yes. It was a while yeah, ago. double spiff. Yeah. So if, if you're still not subscribed to him and following him, then shame on you, Brett. Go. I'm going to make this a bit of a personal, personally oriented. <coughs> 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 What a dick. <laughs> At Maker Central, I I happen to get a few amazing gifts from some folks. And I got around to telling most of them thank you. Uh, but the last day, Mr. Alan Scannell gave me a <laughs> tiny black heart-shaped box for me to store my emotions in because I referenced <laughs> it on one of our episodes. I said I need a tiny 
box. Um, and it's made of bogwood from Ireland and it's thousands of euros old. And, uh, I, I have to use it as an example because of like size and perceived value and all the things that we were discussing. It is tiny. Hmm. It is just this beautiful little handmade piece that's shaped like a heart. Like all of it is in reference to where my life is, you know, I don't know where the hell all of this came from and how it happened the way that it did. It's all beautiful that all the jobs and the ups and downs and bullshit has got me to a podcast with two guys that I met over the internet and have become massive friends with. And then because of the stupid show that we produce, we have a group of friends. And then one of those friends happened to make me a thing that was a reference to an episode that references my heritage and <laughs> like everything, all of that added into one is this tiny little one inch by one inch heart shaped box. Nice. And so the value of that, it has no dollar amount, but it means a ton. And thank you to Alan for always just being a grand lad. Uh, nice. but it was money's really just a fucking point. money's just a fucking IOU anyway. Exactly. Damn straight. There's no, there's not even any value in money. Yeah. It's a death. Nah. I, uh, <laughs> what is he? He says that in uh, the Hitchhiker's Guide, he's like, people used to spend their entire lives exchanging small pieces of green paper. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, Brett. I as much as I want to take the piss out of you for spiffing someone that gives you a present, and B, you want to take the piss out of Alan for being Alan. <laughs> uh, I think that's a really good shout. It's a really good sentiment. Um, it's a very nice way of summing up uh this episode and uh, it pains me to say it but alan is he's he's fucking ace i do like alan uh so yeah good shout uh have we got business yes i've got two portions of aob first of all it's approximate well by the time this comes out it'll be approximately a month left on the spacesuit challenge so if you are partaking in the Spacesuit Challenge or have not started to partake in the Spacesuit Challenge, you still have a chance. I'm in the latter camp and I've not started, <laughs> but I still have a chance. I have a month um, to think of some sort of spacesuit that we can make. Um, again, Tom Peterson, call back to earlier yeah. when I talked about Tom Peterson. Um, he did a fantastic... I think, he's already, I think he's already won, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> His amazing, creepy Santa spaceman um, was, I think, one of the first entries to come up. So get cracking. Um, you've got a month to go. There you go. Yeah. So if you don't, if you're not, get, go to spacesuitchallenge.info or just search, search spacesuit challenge on Instagram, and you will find everything you need to know. Nice. And my second portion of any other business is that from um, Izzy Swan to Mackenzie Rallo to um, John D. Harvey. You're all correct, dogs. <laughs> yes. I will repeat what I said last episode recording, which was not a week ago. It was three days ago. You're a dick and fuck you, Al. <laughs> <laughs> hey, the, the people have spoken. Dogs win. Um, Sharon right, put uh, it best. She said, she said the cats know who the good people are. And Sharon scratch them. Nice to you. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, bless. Oh, I love that poll. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Right, yes. So if you want to find us, you can find us in all on all of the usual social medias. You can find me at Moonshine Metalworks. You can find Brett at Skull and Spade 13. And you can find Al at Al's Hack Shack. Al's Cat Snacks! And if you want to find us... Oh, also, Jamie Reader, why is there no option for Al? As far as I'm concerned, Al and a dog are basically interchangeable. So... It is known. A vote for Al is a vote. Uh, no, sorry. A vote for a dog is a vote for Al. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. And if you want to find us as a group, you can go to www.fwtpodcast.com uh, on Instagram at fwtpodcast, where you can see all of the amazing work that Al does on the shows and at uh, the shows on the thumbnails. And I've just had such a good idea for a thumbnail. Uh, and you can also join us on facebook at the fools with tools facebook group uh, uh that's it isn't it sorry you i was looking at how because you had a naughty look on your face because you whenever steve says i've got an idea for a thumbnail like, <laughs> steve's interpretation of the word idea is very different <laughs> <laughs> I, I have an active imagination you, yes you do and you should be very proud of it <laughs> uh, on that note I'm going to say see you later everyone. bye bye keep your eyes off my pants <laughs> the lot of you